Ken Clark of the 1400 Club has inside information on the quarterback battle at Jackson State and was also live at the spring game. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off and it will does not mean that the journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives you see it right here at the bottom of the screen but if you don't that means you're on the audio side of things hey guys so i appreciate you just don't forget the s on the end of south exclusives and i really appreciate you Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to make every moment more. Ken Clark of the 1400 Club has inside information about the quarterback battle, and that's how we're going to kick off our Jackson State spring game conversation. Then we'll talk about some of the backlash that I received from my conversation about, or not really my conversation, but my monologue about T.C. Taylor and the pressure he's under. And we'll wrap it up with something that they did not discuss much at T.C.'s press conference, Jackson State's defense. I'm hearing it's pretty good. Okay, Ken, now something that kind of surprised me coming out of Jackson State's spring game is that they said that Grayson Thompson was the one who stole the show. Now I have a question for you. Does this put him into the mix for the quarterback battle, or was he kind of already there? We just didn't hear as much about him. Um, uh, with, with Grayson, Grayson has – here's what I say about Grayson. He is a – I would say this is his fourth year. Um in college, um, he started in North Texas before transferring over uh, to play uh, behind Shador Sanders, who obviously he played behind uh, for a couple of seasons, and he stayed on. Coach TC loves him. Um, he's the the main signal caller um, to the to the ones and the twos. And you're right, um, he was a a very pleasant surprise. I'd say um, he looked very poised with what the coaches asked him to do. Um, very smart kid. He, like I said, he was able to catch on and um, go out and, and show what he could do. Now, as far as the um, whether he's in the mix, I'm just going to take what Coach TC stated. If he, you know, as he said at the end of the press conference, it's a wide open position right now. So Grayson ha- has just as much of a chance to go out and, and earn those first team reps just as so much as uh, Jason Brown as well as uh, Philip Short. And um, another quarterback that we all wanted to see, Zai McDonald, as he stated, tweaked the, tweaked the hamstring so he wasn't out there in the spring game. But it's still it's an open competition going into the summer, and then we'll see what happens in the fall. So I'm um, not going to say that he can't, you know, he's not, or, or that um, it's a far-gone conclusion that 
someone has already solidified the role when the head coach just stated that it's not it's wide open. It's wide open, but I think a lot of times around this time frame, you would like to see somebody maybe have a slight edge. Mm-hmm. Do you think any of the the four quarterbacks that are presently there have separated even by a slight margin? Mm-hmm. I, I think so. As a matter of fact, I know so. We've seen it in practice. I just um, right right now, you know, uh, I would say the ones with the ones you saw Jason Brown at the at the one spot. Um, in that role, and then I think with the twos, you saw Philip Short and then Grayson, and then Grayson, you know, earned additional snaps and he looked pretty good at it. But from what we've seen, from my opinion, uh, Jason Brown, um, projects, in my honest opinion, from what I've seen throughout the entire spring, I've been to multiple practices, and I, I, I get it, you know, for those who are just now seeing, um, the product on the field from the spring game. There is a, a collection of practices that many have not seen. So I don't think coach is going to make his decision based off of what he displayed. And then also keep in mind that what we saw from an offensive standpoint was very vanilla. I mean, I, I talked to a particular player uh, today, actually, and um, I, they, he stated they, they might have run five plays. So I don't think they – I think Coach Maurice Harris knows uh, that everybody was looking and he wasn't going to give a whole lot away to the public so but uh in my honest opinion i, I would say jason brown right now uh would project to be the number one uh and i feel like there is a slight there is a slight gap between he and the other quarterbacks not in talent but in um the competition there's a slight gap there as far as who would be the number one uh versus the number two let's look let's right. look at the guys who are there donald mcdonald excuse me he hasn't had really much time playing in college. In the weeks of practice, has he looked like somebody who hasn't started many games since high school and is kind of just which player? Kind of a little rusty. Which player are you referencing? McDonald. Zai McDonald. Yeah. Well, Zai McDonald actually. Right? Yeah, transferring in from uh, Louisiana, um, raising Cajuns. Man, he looked good, man. Actually, he looked really good. And he was, um, I think he was scrambling and he was having a really good practice. And then he pulled up and, uh, had a, had a, um, had a hamstring injury. And he's been, um, excuse me, <clears throat> after speaking with, uh, Zai, he's projected to be healthy. Uh, everything, he, he should be back, uh, uh close to 100%, middle, middle of May, middle of May from what we, from what we, um, what the doctors have says, but I'm not, I don't get into like the medical stuff of it, but just basically speaking to him, he's, he's walking around. He was out there. He was on the sideline. Um, and it looks like he's not limping as much as he was. So he said, he feels like he's, he's getting better and he has time to, to get to, uh, to heal. Now, as far as, um, how he looked uh, for myself and, and, and others that have seen him, he looked pretty, pretty solid there. I would have loved to have seen more and would have even loved to have seen him uh, available in this game, you know, because I think we could have saw a different element. I think Zai projects to be the better runner of all of the quarterbacks that we've mentioned thus far, Jason, Phillip, and even Grayson. They often scramble, but Zai has that, he has that, uh, he has more of an edge when it comes to that aspect of the game. Okay. 
And going forward, I want to move away from this quarterback battle. And I want to talk about the TC Taylor era because to me, this is just now getting started. I got a little mm-hmm. bit of back, a little bit of backlash earlier last week. And I want to hear what you think about that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. You see it at the bottom, but maybe you don't, so I'll read it to you from our audio listeners. Make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That is the place to be. That little part right there, I added that. But anyway... We're talking about the NBA playoffs right now. The NBA playoffs are live and kicking. I thought that Grizzlies-Laker game was phenomenal. I thought that Warriors-King game was phenomenal. I can't can't wait to see what De'Aaron Fox does tonight. He had the second most, the second most points by a player in his playoff debut, I think either ever or in the modern era. Did you bet the over on his point total? You would have hit. But if you bet the under and you lost, it's okay. We have the no sweat first bet. All that means is if you lost on your first bet, you can get up to $1,000 back in free bets from FanDuel, not the mouth of the South, but from FanDuel, they'll give you up to $100, or excuse me, $1,000 in free bets. So if at first you don't succeed, pick yourself up and bet again. It's just that simple. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make every moment more. We have Ken Clark, the 1400 Club. Man, my guy, I appreciate you coming on and doing this with me. Last week, I did an, I did a, an episode, and some Jackson State fans came in to defend. I wasn't trying to attack, and I didn't think I was being overly critical, but I was talking about the pressure that I perceive T.C. Taylor to be under to not give fans of other universities the satisfaction of Jackson State having a bad year immediately after Deion Sanders, because I think we both know, and anybody who's been paying attention knows, people have been wanting that, and they've been projecting that as soon as Coach Sanders would leave, Jackson State would plummet, essentially. Do you think that's a fair assessment that he has a little bit of pressure to kind of continue and not skip a beat from the last two seasons? That's actually a loaded question. Um, First part of that, I'd say, man, is that Jackson State, we we very – we're a very passionate fan base, man. We um we've taken a lot of hits. <laughs> we've taken a lot of hits over this past um I would say last couple of years and even prior to that. So, you know, anytime you partner with a Deion Sanders or, you know, you couple Deion Sanders coming to an HBCU space with Jackson State, it's gonna, you know, create a lot of enemies. And then we dominated the SWAC. So I think a lot of people are just projecting as far as what they would like to see. Um, happen for Jackson State. Now, under the coach T.C. Taylor, uh, is he under pressure? I think that's what you're asking. Uh, I do not yeah. think that coach T.C. Taylor is under the pressure that the outside public may assume. We have to look at it this way. Um, coach T.C. carries a very quiet confidence about himself. Um, in a very short period of time, we lose the Celebration Bowl, December 17th. He was able to assemble a staff, a great staff, I might say, um, in a very short period of time and actually have a really good signing day, early signing day, which was December 21st, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, and in this short period of time, he was able to get enough players in place, all while losing a ton of players to the portal. Um, and you look at him coming in and stabilizing the program. Coach T.C. Taylor is a 
Mississippi native, you know, son of Jackson State University. He played at the alma mater. He understands the the temperament of the fans at Jackson State. Um, and I would say that if there is pressure, he is going to champion it because he's going to meet that pressure with this urgency to prove those that don't think that he's ready wrong. And I'm telling you that now. And I, I don't speak for Coach TC when he said, but I know he want to punch everybody in the mouth when they get out on the field. And I'm telling you now, this team's going to be a lot better than what we think. Um, and I think he will welcome the pressure. Anytime you coach at Jackson State, it's pressure. It's going to be pressure from within. It's going to be pressure from without uh, because all eyes are on Jackson State. So um, there is no expectation of seeing us take a dip. There is no expectation of seeing us take a fall. Um, I think what you're going to see from a lot of people that are that are speaking with without the facts is kind of from a place of hoping that we take a dip in the fall because we like to talk smack in the swack, man. You know what I'm saying? We got a group called Rough in the Swack, you know, and all these other different groups on social media where we tend to give our opinions. But um, I've been somewhat, you know, called a, a homer. I do feel like the expectation of of what we saw. We saw Coach Prime uh, put together, uh, out-recruit everyone and actually go out and you saw that. Well, Coach TC did the same thing. You know, this we had the number two FCS recruiting class right behind Campbell. And he's been able to stop the bleeding, I would say, from the uh, portal standpoint. Now, the portal just opened up. We don't know if any other player is going to hit the portal again. But I'll tell you like this right here. He has this mentality that, look, if you even sniff the portal, if you go to the portal, we, we won't recruit you back. Have a nice life and we'll go recruit someone to replace you. And that comes from a man that believes in himself. He believes in his coaching staff and he believes that he's going to put a good product out on the field. And he knows that uh, he's going to win. The expectation is to win. It's always the expectation to win at Jackson State. So I don't think he's under any more pressure than what he would have been if Deion Sanders never showed up. Just the mere fact that he's coaching at his alma mater at Jackson State, you know what I mean? Hey, he's called it the Mecca. That's what I know I know Howard uses that term, but when it comes to football, you know, when it comes to the with the standard, man. And and now I know people are gonna be critical of that. But what we're talking about is an expectation. And we're not gonna deviate from that and we really don't care. Uh, because he got enough pressure for those on the inside to win. And when he wins, you know, we'll be happy about it. Yeah, no, I heard. Somebody told me. I, I told you I wasn't trying to attack or be critical, but they told me when we win it all, I'm going to repost it. I said, okay, at least post the link. Drive the views back. If, you, if you're going to post it, <laughs> drive the link. <laughs> post yeah. the link with it. That's all I'm asking, man. You know, you talked about the transfer portal within there. Sevion Wilkerson, he, he's no longer with the team. I don't know what you mm -hmm. can tell about the situation, but it seemed like he had kind of reaffirmed his commitment to Jackson State and then a few months later, poof, he's no longer with the team. Yeah, I mean, um, I can I can speak about it just as much as you can. I mean, he he okay. he um, he didn't he did not report uh, for spring ball, and as elected to weigh um, his option um, in, in a different direction. Um, if you listen to this press conference after the spring game, uh, the reporter asked a question, and Coach CC stated. 
is very clear. Savion Wilkerson is no longer part of Jack State football program. We wish him well. We love Savion. We wish he, you know, would still be a Tiger. But we're in an era where NIL and um, the transfer portal, and these are some things that have really changed the, the makeup of college football. And talking to Coach TC this week, um, he made a, a very poignant point about um, his approach to how he built – it's his approach to coaching in college. He said everything is year to year, just like the NFL. And he also stated that <laughs> seeing is believing. Someone could tell you one thing, uh, Darius, and then turn right around and, and uh, Darius, I'm sorry. It's, I said Darius, it's my mistake. But uh, <clears throat> he, uh, no, 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 it's all good. So, But he said, listen, one minute he can say one thing, and then you turn around and then they enter the portal because poaching is a very real thing. I mean, there's a lot of programs that are poaching from the smaller programs. There are a lot of, I mean, I don't mind going on record and saying this because I know this to be the case. There's some poaching going on from the university that our previous coach went to, for, you know, and, and it happens, man. And I don't know, I'm not privy to every conversation, but I will say this uh, in relation to Savion. I mean, he did whatever he felt was best for, himself and his family and and we absolutely wish him well i i I really 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 wanted to you know see savion uh stay at jack state tiger matter of fact i i I just had a jersey made uh a 36 jersey with wilkerson on the back i was ready to sport this this year man and i'm still gonna rock it because savion knows how i feel about him i know i've talked to him on, on multiple occasions personally and um it's not it's no bad blood man it's just uh i really 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 care about the, the young man as a, as a person. And I really hope that um, he finds a place to call home. Uh, for me, Darren, um, I thought it was the most important aspect of it for me was I really wanted to see him graduate and be a, a, an alum of Jackson State. And because um, I felt like even if he played one more season, he could have graduated and then went on and hit the portal next year. But that's just my that's just my thought process. But that, I'm not I'm not him. I don't know what his options are. I don't know what conversations he's had, but we'll see. And I, the story of Savion Wilkerson is not over. It's just it's just the chapter of Jackson State and Savion has, has come to an end. Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's I guess it's just what it's going to have to be. But I do like Wilkerson. I ain't going to lie. One thing that's different about this offense as opposed to last year that we can at least expect is a little bit more focus on the tight end position. What, did we, what were you seeing in practice as far as, what the OC was looking in, what he was drawing up with DJ Stevenson and the tight end, kind of the tight end. Um, yeah, he, as he stated, uh, Coach Maurice Harris, offensive coordinator, uh, has stated that the most important position on offense is tight end because of what the many different formations. We saw so much, man, at, at practice, so many different formations. The way he uses the tight end. You see the tight end out in the slot. You see the tight end on the edge. You see double tights. You see 21 personnel. I mean, you see uh, 12 personnel. You see, um, man, my goodness, it, it's pretty cool. You see the tight ends going in motion. And Darren, you can see them moving around and then they do something totally different from what you might have thought was going to happen. Uh, it is an offense that's going to really puts you know keeps some teams on their toes man i mean it's going to minimize the blitz it's going to we're going to go extremely fast and i do mean fast man and i i, I think um 
the tight end will be utilized in a lot of different spaces for, um, I mean, pass pro. Um, my goodness, man. It, I, it wasn't just DJ Stevens. DJ didn't play in the spring game. Jensen Riley, DJ Stevens, and then we got Hayden Hagler back, um, who it was nursing the injury uh, the entire spring. So, um, and we're bringing in multiple tight ends. So we're probably going to sit around five tight ends maybe on the roster because of the importance of that role. And, I mean, you can even see the tight end drop back somewhat look like an H-back, man. I mean, different formations. And um, it's going to really, really, really be fun to see what uh, Coach Maurice Harris cooks up. I'm excited, bro, because for years we've been begging to use the tight end. And then under Coach Bartoloni uh, last season, to see DJ Stevens, who's been on this roster four-plus years, man, just uh, – I just, man, we were like, man, DJ Stevens has been a, a weapon that's just been sitting there. We just never used the tight end position. Not like we should have, in my opinion. And uh, Shador really went to him a lot last year. And it's going to be interesting to see which quarterback we that's starting. But I can tell you now, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to go to the tight end quite a bit. And you're going to see um, our tight end room have a lot of catches and, and be very uh, instrumental in what we're doing on our offense. Yeah, I'm excited because there's not a lot of teams who you hear really say we're going to put a focus on using our tight ends, and that is a unique twist to the offense. But what about that defense? Because we've heard all <laughs> about the offense. We've talked about the defense through our first two segments. Let's close out and talk about the – excuse me, as the, talk about the offense. Let's close out talking about the defense as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. And that's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. So thank you two times for that. I got my guy, got my guy Ken with me here. And we're going to wrap up talking about the defense because I was listening to Coach Taylor's post-game presser. And it's like mm-hmm. every question was about the offense. Barely any mm-hmm. questions about the defense. And I found that interesting. Is the defense kind of treated like a side of the ball? or looked at, I should say, not treated, but looked at as the side of the ball that they're going to take care of business. We don't really need to worry about them so much because we know what to expect out of them. Well, I think the reason for those questions was because the offense is going to be a completely new offense with a new offensive coordinator and a new signal caller. Um, I think with Shador, you you knew what you were getting because you – it's like if we would have got Shador for a third year, it, it wouldn't have been very – I don't think it would have been a lot of question marks about what you were going to be getting, right? But when you when you have an open competition and a lot of that going on. So when you look at continuity and you look at uh, returners, as of right now as we stand, um, I, I would definitely not say that the defense is the forgotten side of the ball because the defense, man, is uh, for real. That defense is for real, man. And what we saw in the spring game, it was just like it was they were almost bullish, especially the front four. You know, shout out to now Gaddy, you know what I mean? Uh uh Devontae Davis, Jeremiah Williams, and uh Antonio Doyle. And you, you you're talking about I think arguably right now, without even I I don't have to go through many rosters to tell you that Jackson State's gonna have the best defensive line in the conference. I'm telling you that now. And good luck. 
You give me my four up front versus your four any day. I'm telling you, man, it's uh, it's for real. So I think the defensive side of the ball, man, unless you're getting interceptions, unless you keep in mind the court, they 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 weren't able to sack the quarterback. They weren't able to like so that they get in and get their hand on them. Okay, that's like touch football. Uh, so everybody wants to see passes and and he's uh uh you know touchdowns thrown and that's kind of where our eyes go to but if let's say it was live action and now gaddy was coming off the edge and he had five sacks i trust me i guarantee you them questions would have been man now gaddy had a monster game but because of it being a spring game and 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 it was a little bit it was it was altered to to curtail certain things um i think that's why the questioning went that way our defense is for real, man. We got a for real defense. Uh, we, 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 we're adding, we actually do have more linebackers that are committed that will be joining in the summer. Um, but they're just, they're just not on campus right now. We know we lost Uriente Davis, uh, uh, to the portal, but you also, KJ Arrington had a monster swag championship game. Had he, so he had a shoulder, uh, situation. Uh, he, he elected to go ahead and address that in the offseason. So he's healing. You're talking about a, a a really good linebacker that's going to be um, coming back, uh, joining the likes of Allen Walker and um, Javarian Jenkins, who we got from uh, Pearl River. Or is it? I think it's Jones Community College. Um, and then we you you add a Jamon McNeil uh, from Lackawanna, as well as um, we added I think the Polynesian kid. We call him Junior from Snow College. So. Two big linebackers, then you have a Noah Ballou coming in from Lancaster High School. So the linebacker position is going to be uh, quite healthy, uh, not to mention whatever they decide to add during this uh, back end of the spring going into the summer. Um, but the back end, the DBs, the DBs are strong, man. Jalen Hughes, uh, shout out to Jalen and K5. You know, you're talking about two DBs that have several starters, starts under their belt. Um, and then you get to the back end with a, 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 an All-American uh, transfer from Delaware State, he says Guthrie, as well as uh, Keydrain Calligan transferring into ULM. Um, I think that defense, from what we've seen, that 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 first first string defense, and there's just a few more um, bodies going to be added to the two and three deep uh, level. I think the defense is about as is, is about as best as it's going to as 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 we've seen. And I'll say this one last thing. Aubrey Miller has been there. Aubrey Miller Jr. projected to get drafted in the draft this month. Aubrey said that defense has just a, has has a great chance to be better than they were. You just mentioned Aubrey Miller, right? And I thought it was interesting that he said that because the star power isn't the same as it was last year. But sometimes just being a cohesive unit is enough to improve despite name recognition. But I look at Aubrey Miller and there's a big hole left by Miller in that defense as a player and as a leader. So who's going to replace Aubrey Miller, the leader on that defense, and who's going to replace him as far as his specific spot in the linebacking court? Well, just to, um, from a projection standpoint, we, we, we're, right. we're expecting uh, Allen Walker um, transfer from La Tech, um, number zero at the spring game. He He's a very, very big kid, man. A really big, solid linebacker. Coach TC is expecting uh, Allen, a lot out of Allen uh, going into this season. Um, from a leadership standpoint, though, from a leadership standpoint, I think that I think that's going to come from um, a collection. I don't. I, don't I, I as of right now, 
man, they just operating such as a unit right now, man. We, you know, I, I, I would, I, I want to say, um, the likes of Niles Gaddy and Antonio Doyle, very, a lot more vocal, um, this year. Uh, Isaiah Guthrie, um, just a, a, a very, um, vocal leader, you know, but these guys are leading by example by going out there and just doing the work and doing the job. I think in the spring, it's kind of hard to uh, grasp that. It's going to be a little different, man. When you Once you get into your, your, your fall camp, because now it's about, look, man, we're about 20 days away from, 20 plus days away from going to Atlanta to face South Carolina State. At this point, it's money time. Who you're in that locker room with is who you're going to war with at this point. The portal's closed. Ain't no more portal. We talk about the portal at the end of the season unless somebody just elected. I'm mad about something. I want to leave. Outside of that, you're pretty much going to war with who's there. When that happens, I think that the excitement of being able to go hit somebody that's not in a Jackson State jersey, I think you're really going to see a a lot from that. So losing Aubrey was, was critical. It was clear who the leader of the defense was. Um, but I'm going to lean on – I think it's going to be several uh, uh, leaders on that team right now, man, on that defensive side. And, and I uh, I like what I'm seeing from Allen um, on that front on that front four again, man. Um, when I say leader, I mean – I mean, even Devontae Davis. Devontae Davis was a, was a leader uh, under – last year, actually. So, last season. So, uh, let's not leave him out. We'll see who emerges. Those are just five that I mentioned that could possibly step into that role. But we'll see. It's yet to be determined. Yeah, man, I appreciate you for coming on and leading the charge, you know, with the Jackson State congregation. Hopefully, because you're here, they say nice things to me today. They typically put pretty nice. It's just they, if they feel like I'm coming at them even a little bit, they're going to come at me. But Well, only, only thing I would say, only thing I would say in, in closing, man, is anytime you speak on Jackson State, just make sure you have your facts. Opinions are warranted. It's okay, man. If you have an opinion that's opposing, I always say nobody owes Jack State positive commentary, but just be fair and make it about football. As long as it ain't no personal stuff and hey man, they'll they'll be okay, man. But you know yeah. if they don't I love it. But but I love it personally. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I enjoy it. Let's 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 I don't mind <laughs> the, the, the disagreement. We keep it respectful, you know. One person's like, "Y'all, you know, all we talk about is Jackson State." I'm like, "Okay, you, know, you don't, you don't be on the show often. It's well, okay." I, <laughs> but look, look, look. I mean, I love my Jackson State fam. I love my Grambling fam. I love everybody. But we gonna talk yeah. about this, this game. And oh, no doubt about it. Agree. And that's the way I look at it, you know. But yeah, I genuinely appreciate you coming on. I met you guys. Appreciate you for having me, bro. Say it again. No, I said I appreciate you for having me on, man. Um, I, I thank you. Yeah, man. It, it, we gonna do this again. We got to collab now that we didn't have that the link set. We can continue to build it. But I appreciate you coming on. Can you tell everybody where to find you so that they can, if they aren't already following you on Twitter, they can make sure to stay up to date with you. Yeah, again, it's uh, Ken Clark underscore fourteen hundred and uh, co-host of Tiger Talk with the fourteen hundred Club. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple. Uh, music, um, I mean, you name it, wherever you go and get your podcast from. Also have a, uh, a YouTube channel, KC1400 Media. Uh, that's KC underscore 1400 Media Group. And uh, we're on YouTube as well. We do weekly Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows live, myself and Zoe Phillips. And um, 
Yeah, man. Same on uh, IG, Ken Clark fourteen hundred. Um, hey, come hit me up, man. Anytime you want to talk some Jackson State, I'm here for you, man. And much appreciation to my guy Ken coming on the show, talking about how Jason Brown is the man who has a little bit of an edge on everybody else. I appreciated that inside information. Talking about how the really the community as a whole is rallying around T.C. Taylor as the head coach and the challenge and kind of the pressure and how he uses that as a rallying cry almost of a sort is how I took it. I appreciated that. Talking about the defense and not only replacing Aubrey Miller with one leader, but with five, six leaders. I appreciated that as well. He was present. He had the inside information, and that's why he comes on to give his expertise. So thank you to my guy, Ken. And I appreciate you. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Saints podcast, the Locked On Pelicans podcast, the Locked On NBA podcast. Check out all of them. These are some of my favorite my favorite Locked On podcasts at the moment. So in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives right here. You see it at the bottom of the screen. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Hey.